0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the view from the lab podcast. I'm your host, Andy Woods. In today's episode, I talk to former full-time science teacher turned rapper and successful businessman, Matt Green. Matt started implementing his science raps early in his teaching career and found they really struck a chord with his pupils in North London. He has now got a prolific presence on all the major social platforms, but with particular success on social media, Titan, TikTok. In our conversation, Matt tells us how he constructs his raps and how he continually experiments with his videos to gain maximum traction on the channels that he uses. He really does apply the true philosophy behind the scientific method in the way that he works. We also delve into how he managed to get his successful tutoring business off the ground while still working part-time as a science teacher. I hope you enjoy Matt's story as it's now time to hear his inspiring view from the lab. Hi Matt, welcome to the View From The Loud podcast, great to have you on today.
1: Thanks for having me, thanks for having me, I'm happy to be here.
0: Brilliant, um, for kind of context for people listening when this comes out, we are kind of meeting on the hottest hottest day of the year and uh, Matt has kindly turned off his air conditioning for me today, uh, just so I can hear him nice and clearly, so he's, he's making a big sacrifice today in terms of his, his personal well-being, so thanks for doing that Matt.
1: That's okay, at the moment I feel fresh, but uh, soon you'll see the beads of sweat appearing as the temperature rises in here, but I'm okay <laughs> right
0: now. Roll it down your face yeah yeah okay let's start the podcast I would like to begin with the podcast with getting a bit of background about the guests and as this is a podcast for uh, people interested in science education science teachers etc um, I'd really like to find out about uh, your passion for science and where that came from whether was it a personal interest was it a family member uh, or was it an inspiring teacher that kind of set you on that particular route when you were a younger person
1: I think I must have been five or six years old when when I I started realising how much I like science. And it's pretty much seeing things on TV, the world around you, what things are made of. And I always wanted to know a little bit more about why something was or why it was like that. So when I entered secondary school, it it got worse or better. It depends on how you view it. It's like, so what are human beings made of? We've got our organs. What are they made of? They're made of cells. What are cells made of? Made of atoms. Or what are the atoms made of? You'll learn about that later eventually. Teachers will tell me. and I was, you know, I was fascinated. I was like, what, "What? When I found out about elements in chemistry, what elements are we made up of mainly? Is are there answers to those questions?" Um, and yeah, and as was a subject, I excelled in anything else that wasn't science, e.g., history or geography. I was pretty terrible, and languages I was pretty terrible at. Unfortunately, um, my English and maths were okay too. So, so I, I, I've been good enough to sort of do well in science and, and talk about science because of those other two subjects. But that, that's that's where my passion is.
0: And did you have a positive um, kind of uh, positive time in school? Obviously, you love science at school. Um, did you have any kind of particular teachers you re- remember um, that particularly really kind of continued that passion and were really enthusiastic like you were that really kind of helped you in terms of your science education?
1: You know, what? in, in science, uh, my actual favourite teacher wasn't in science, but we had a science teacher called Dr. who was a chemistry teacher. He was great. He's probably what, what ignited my, my, my interest in chemistry at the time because um, I think we just started year nine. We'd just been told there were three sciences, chemistry, biology, and physics. He came in, I think we were rotating teachers. We'd done physics, we'd done biology, and he came in. It's like, right, this is the atom. These are atoms, and he held them up, and I think they were little like ball bearings, these tiny little, little cake decorations, they were silver. He just tipped them over the floor, and he's like, right, we've got to pick them up. I think we did that for about 20 minutes, and I don't know why that was so engaging, but um, I liked that, and he was a bit bonkers, this teacher um but you know I, i'd like to think I was, I was i was nearly as good as him um and my english teacher was probably the best teacher i've had a guy called mr dickinson um and he, he just loved his subject and he was just he had classes he knew how to teach and um yeah and i've, I've tried to, to to employ
0: and he just had that insp- inspiring kind of view
1: that that was it that was it. he just he, he could pick up the book explain it to us stuff that you know, if it was taught somewhere else, I'd probably think it was boring, but taught toy you and know? so I think it's, you know, the most in- interesting thing of all time. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I my interest in, in potentially teaching came from. Um, but I never sort of saw it as a profession myself in- until maybe seven or eight years later when I finished my degree, then my master's, and then I thought, what am I going to do now? I like speaking to people. I like science. Let's put those two things together.
0: It's going to merge those two together. So in terms of your um, kind of university career, do, I mean, obviously if you liked, loved all science, did you go down the chemistry route? Was it specific a science that you loved or um, were you still kind of uh, hedging your bets a little bit about maybe doing chemi- chemical physics or something? What were you doing in uni?
1: I did biochemistry undergrad. Um, and then I did I, I jumped into something a bit strange for masters. I did a, a masters in neuroscience.
0: So that must have been uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, that was, that was. I, I learned like how much we don't know about the brain um but all sorts of fun facts that i still remember to this day and had a real interesting project at, at uni on how the brain works now how we process sort of spatial awareness um and yeah yeah i, I loved every second of my masters I, I think i preferred to, to undergrad but my undergrad I still like i learned tons in that in that course it's
0: too good. It's too good. Okay. And did you feel like, so when you went, um, so you had an epiphany, I guess, or a, a, a flash in your mind saying, I want to give science teaching a try. Um, did you kind of, uh, were you doing it kind of in the same area that you did your um, degree in? So was it, you know, were you based in a big city? Were you based, you know, out in the sticks? Where, where was your, What was your teaching practice like? How did you find that?
1: So I started um, City, London, no, North London. A school called um, Tommy Moore. with The proper name is Thomas Moore Catholic School, and uh, that was where I, I think I started as a TA for a few weeks, and I, they brought me in to do my teacher training there. Um, I actually went there a few weeks ago. They brought me in to do a to do a live show, which is which was great. But that's where I started my teaching career, and
0: uh, yeah,
1: I, I mean, I really liked it. I really like connecting to the kids. The kids in the same area I grew up in. Um, and I was fairly young when I started and uh, they, they, they seemed to, to me quite well. And I picked up a whole bunch in terms of how to, how to pitch things to the right level, how to sort of create resources and create PowerPoints and explain things in such a way that can resonate with them and, and connect it to what's relevant in their life. Um, and they were my main strategies in the classroom, really, and it seemed, seemed to go okay.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you—you know—you're obviously very engaging within your in the way you explain your science content. I mean, when you started out science teaching, can you remember any particular lessons where it kind of went a bit wrong, or um, you know, you pitched it too high or, or, or maybe even too low? Because I think when you start science teaching, it's difficult to to kind of get rid of, rid of, rid of the kind of shackles of the, the expert in a sense and forgetting all the things we know and that the kids don't know. So, anything you know in the first couple of years of teaching that kind of stick out as thinking oh, I really got that wrong and really learned something from that.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. Plenty, plenty. I think I was still probably getting things (laughs) wrong, even the last year I was in the classroom. Um, You know, you never perfect any craft. So, yeah, I remember, I think my early days in teaching, I had a weird notion where I kind of felt like you had to control everything. And because you're getting paid to do a job, I kind of felt like you you had to be speaking, you had to be doing more. I kind of felt it seems a bit crazy to have an hour lesson and, and be doing anything less than talking for 40 minutes of the lesson or an hour of the lesson. And, and, until I realised actually that that mentality is not true. I could pop in and speak for three minutes. It would be the three, three best words ever said. And then, you know, I'm supposed to inspire and and, and, and direct students on what they should be doing. And making sure that they, they are improving. But it took a very long time. I think in my last years of teaching... I hope you could probably time how long I'm talking for, and it's probably no longer than 15 minutes, stretched across across an hour. Hi guys, do this, it's on the board. They do it, and then let's go for the answers. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Right, we're learning about this today. Listen for a couple minutes, I'm going to explain this new thing to you. This is an atom, try this. Whereas the beginning, it it was literally like a show, like I didn't want to really let them do much. I wanted to sort of make sure it was entertaining, and I was continually talking, but... The plan is to get to gauges because, you know, when someone talks at us, I tend to fall asleep if it's longer than three minutes. So I was talking the whole hour. But for some some reason, they weren't falling asleep. So I must have, you know, I was trying to make it as entertaining as possible. But the problem is, you know, they come out of that. Are they actually able to do a test and, and get higher marks and, you know, to, to do well in science? you are got to be hearing a little bit. But then you really gotta be doing most of it, you know, like a driving test. If the driving instructor sat next to you and it was an amazing storyteller, you're like, wow, this is amazing. 45 minutes has gone by. I'm actually gonna to get to drive this car. Um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go very far. You need to you need to be spending most of the time doing stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. So but kind of is is it's difficult to get a balance right and trying to think about. I think the, the best learning always happens when you get quick feedback from kind of, especially in science, short activities. Um, that can test your knowledge on that particular section because you can't, because you can't move on until you've, you've, you've gone, gone, gone over that hurdle. But I think that, you know, we forget that the old phrase is, um, what, is what is taught is not always what is learned. And you don't always find that out. Um, when, I, when I started, you didn't find that out as, as quick as you, you could. But all these use of mini whiteboards, technology, getting feedback from your students is so much more um, sophisticated these days, I guess. Um, so I think that's a really good point. I mean, how did you find uh, science generally? Because I was at an impression, um, possibly I was a I'm only science teacher, that science teacher was one of the hardest jobs in the school. Um, what do you think about the, the kind of challenges that science teachers have that I think that maybe some other teachers, I'm not going to mention any other subjects, but that others don't have, is there anything particularly you think that's, that science is more tricky at? What do you reckon?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I think the sh- number one, the sheer amount of content, the stuff that we've got to cover is huge. Um, I, I can only assume... That it's, it's huge relative because i haven't taught the other subjects i don't know the size of their curriculum um but biology you know i can compare biology chemistry and physics and biology is ridiculous biology is massive um it's bigger than the other two when you're doing double or triple science you know or, or teaching double science there's, there's so much to get through um there are some benefits i think I mean, don't get me wrong when i look at teaching english i think nah i might as much as i could step in on a topic i know about and think oh Macbeth? I, I love Macbeth. I can teach this if I'm covering. Um, but then I've got 30 essays shoved my way. I just sort of want to run, do a run and jump. But when you've got 30 brief tests, is this photosynthesis? Yes or no? Is the equation balanced? Mm. It's quick. But then it's not as quick as maths. Those guys, they've got an easy time. Yes, go. <laughs> so I don't mind naming those guys. <laughs> like, here's something. Practice it. Right. Here's it. Bam, 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 bam. Right or wrong. And end of story. So I kind of feel like maths is there with You've got all this workload. You've got to do work on science is next in line because you've got sort of photosynthesis. The plants are blue and photolysis is what? That's not quite right. English just, oh my gosh, interpretation. No uh, yeah, I just I, I I couldn't I couldn't possibly read an essay and mark that. So I think English has probably got the hardest job. Um, mm. But but kids like it more. I think kids like English more, including myself. Like when I was in school, English was. A, more entertaining subject you know i was one of the oddballs that just anyone could have been teaching science for me and i'd have liked the subject it couldn't have been the case for english it has to be a teacher and usually you get loads of people that finish uni you know and they're amazing people and they want to go and teach english so i think we end up with more entertaining and interesting english teachers and it's a subject that more kids like so they come from an english lesson they're in front of us and they're like oh i hate science and this is so much to do, and I just don't care. So that's that's our difficulty. Um, maths have that little bit, because there's, there's always a stigma. Some people just hate maths. Their parents say they hate maths, and they're like, oh, I'm like my mum or dad, I hate maths too. But they're like, you know, I kind of need this for life. Whereas you can't get away with, oh, I don't need to add. I don't need to do what well, you do, because how are you going to buy stuff? Whereas science, you can never go there, and you'll be okay.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... I, I guess English teachers got that sometimes if, if they're, they've they got some degree of freedom of the books they uh, are allowed to choose I guess there's a bit more emotional connection perhaps maybe uh, with English than sometimes some of the some of the science topics maybe um, you know and uh, yeah I think they say the mark in English is is, is epic uh, so yeah I don't I, I never yeah, I was never jealous of that aspect as of the, <laughs> the job definitely. 100%. And um, so thinking about the age, because obviously you must have taught in, what, 11 to 16, 11 to 18 schools. Do you have a particular age group that you kind of more enjoyed kind of interacting with and kind of talking about those concepts? Was it A-level? Was it like year 10? Was it year 9? Was it, you know, the little year 7s coming in at the beginning of the uh, you know, school year? Was there any particular groups you kind of naturally gelled with a bit more than others?
1: Yeah, I, I can look back at my career and think I've got a soft spot for, I think, every year group. Um, at one point, I did not have a soft spot for year nine. Uh, also I was was like, oh gosh, I forgot <laughs> Year 9's on my timetable. And uh, forgive any Year 9's that might potentially hear this, but I only changed my mentality on that in my last year, because my last year of teaching, I, I think I only had Year 9's. And I think I groaned when I first saw it. Um, mm. But in my last year of teaching, I, I, I knew I was leaving. So I just thought, I, I'm not really going to do any admin or much else apart from teaching the class uh, and giving my best. And that actually made it yeah. the best teaching year I think I've ever had. I think if I was ever a head teacher, um, I'd be like, no one's marking, no one's doing any admin, no one's doing any paperwork, you're just gonna teach lessons and do and, and do away with everything else. Because in my time, that's the most fun I've had as a year. But prior to my last year, I loved teaching sixth form, um, just because you can have a bit more of a laugh with them. Um, and there is zero behavior issues. Uh, they just wanna be there. Um, and you can connect with them a bit more. I, I always love my sixth form classes. Um, Year is probably next to that. And at some points in my career I really liked having year sevens and I think more so eights. I think year sevens I've always found it a little bit tricky because um unlike my wife and, and other people that I work with that are in primary education that deal with the little kids all the time, I, I really struggle with little kids because I don't like repeating myself more than more than more than once. Um, and it's it's okay when I can get when I can get annoyed at a kid for not listening, but when it's when when they're little and they're just like didn't hear the first time. I can't shout at you because you're so little and you you haven't done anything wrong here. We're like, okay, everyone. Today we're doing homework. The homework's in photosynthesis and it's due tomorrow. Yes? When is it due? Tomorrow, like I just said. (laughs) And I think with the year sevens, uh, you you get that a lot. And as as nice as they are, as lovely as they are, that can sort of drive me a little bit crackers. And when they get to year eight, they, they seem to ditch all that um, and, and they become lovely. Uh, so year eight, stuff, I've, I've really enjoyed having. And year nines, uh, like no man's land, they're, they're not scared of joining a new school anymore. And they have no immediate no. danger of, of exams. So year nine, they, they seem to go off the rails. But as I said, in my last year of teaching, they, they were great.
0: Yeah, I was thinking with year seven, uh, once you got past the stage of them uh, stopping asking you, can I turn the page yet, sir? That <laughs> yes, was a, yeah, yeah. a good uh Good point in the year when they've kind of they've realized that they, they can do that and they can be a bit more autonomous. So definitely, they're, a, they're, they're when they've settled in a little bit. So, um, obviously, the main thing you're famous for is being a, a rapping science teacher. Now, I'm interested to know how did that come about? I mean, was it something that I don't know, was it music you liked anyway, or was it just kind of one one day you we're just kind of riffing on a lesson, you started doing it, or is it something you intentionally thought? Oh, I'm teaching uh, covalent bonding next week. Uh, this this really inspired me to do a, ro- a rap about sharing electrons. What was was there a, like initial turning point? In which you thought, hang on, this would be a good idea, or is it something you did right from the beginning and thought, yeah, this will get them engaged? No, it
1: was, I think there, there was a turning point actually. I think I was um, I, I was getting getting this into the social media game. I went on social media very very late, and uh, I, was, I think I had like a hundred followers on Instagram. Uh, after breaking my back, me and my wife were trying to work out a strategy. I was, I was like, how does this work? And then I think I dived into some... I don't think I've ever gone on a course. I just wake up very early and just research and, and, and watch videos. And, and I was like, oh, the most basic thing. Who is the audience? Who is actually supposed to be re- watching this? And then I think, oh, parents, are, are who, rings, who rings the phone every day? But let me try the student approach and and try and, you know, attract students to, to our social media sites. Um, and I made posts that were on things that were interested, like Drake, Love Island, um, you know, I think the last person I spoke to didn't know anything about science, but you, you, you'll fully get this, Love Island. I don't think I watched the show at the time, so I don't know how I managed to get this right. This gonna gone very wrong, but it's like, they get someone, a man and a woman, they, they couple, and then someone is in a position to, to kick the other one off. I think it's the man and the woman, I don't know, I think that it swaps every time. So I know there was a couple, and so man with woman, they're coupled together, they're put on a pet stool and then they, they get the, the chance to decide whether they can ditch the person and go with someone else. And I was wondering, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do displacement reactions with this. And I did that and that popped off. Everyone loved that. There was just like sodium is with chlorine and uh, and, and fluorine comes along and they like to boot the fluorine and, and displace it. And everyone seemed to love that and get get how it, how it worked. And that was the early days. I you went know, from like 100 followers to I think 5,000. On, on the JGM company. Um, and I thought, how, what else can I do to, 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 to you know, to, to, be out there? Cause most of agencies are just posting boring stuff. Um, and then I thought, what was the most wild thing I can do? And I thought I used to be able to rap years ago, um, and, uh, I wonder if I could explain things through, through, through rapping. Um, and I think actually the first thing I was going to do, do was old town road by little Nas. Um, and it was actually going to be a song, but then I, I sort of remembered I, I can't sing and I'm not, I'm not going to have my voice just ripped to pieces by the fact I can't sing. This is crazy. If you can't sing, why am I going to sing? So if I can rap though. Um, and I think Stormzy was pretty big at the time. He's had a lot of tracks I liked. So I thought, let's just go all in. Let's get the instrumental. Let's go to the studio. Let's write the best, the best lyrics I can possibly write. And when I say best, to me it was, if a kid you know, if I've been blessed enough of the kids to actually grant me some time to listen to the lyrics and they memorize them, I want all those words to be in good stead if they go into the exam. So I spent, I think, ages, maybe 10, 20 hours crafting the first lyrics um, so that, you know, you could go from not knowing the topic to fully understanding it. And then I put visuals. So when I'm saying words, visuals pop up and can explain things if the words don't make enough sense. Um, And I thought that was going to blow. I thought that was going to get a million views and it didn't. I think it got like a thousand um and I, that kept happening for about six months, nothing nothing much happened. And then I had, had an idea of just changing one little thing and then and then it, it went crazy. I think Instagram, TikTok I was on at this point. I had a hundred followers, been working six months just to get that. And then a hundred followers went to twenty thousand in one weekend. Um and then I knew, you know, what I thought was a brilliant idea was and I just kept doing it. And
0: so, um, so with your, so with the rap, so the instrumental behind your your rapping, is that your music as well, or is it like famous tracks you you were rapping over?
1: It's always famous tracks. Yeah, I am, I am going to move on to to, to paid beats um, and I'd possibly ask some producers to make some. But the there's a couple of things. Number one is the cost expense in doing that, and number two, yeah, I'm of the opinion that it's the, it's the instrumental that draws the audience in. So. If you like Stormzy, you'll hear that beat. And millions of people know that beat. They'll hear it. They'll be like, oh, they'll see a teacher. Yeah. They'll think, oh, this teacher's not good. That's going to be embarrassing. And then and it starts. And they think, oh, <laughs> this is actually that's, This is actually right. And that, that's, that's the logic behind it. Whereas if I use my own instrumentals, attention span is that you've got that much. You've about like 0.2 seconds. If someone is an instrumental they don't know and sees a teacher standing yeah. there, they're going to swipe away. So I'm going to stick with those for the next year or so.
0: Okay, so you've got, um, so interesting how you're talking about social media, and obviously things, are, it's a fast-moving world, isn't it? And um, you talked about Instagram before, obviously YouTube, which I suppose is the, is the, is the granddad <laughs> these days of um, social media, um, and talk about TikTok as well. So you're finding at the moment that TikTok is really the biggest one that's driving your growth, because obviously it's very popular, it's got, it's, it's, users are going through the roof globally, aren't they? So is, is that what you're finding, is that where you're getting the engagement?
1: TikTok is the biggest, um, Okay, and it's the, it's the, it's the place you can get randomly discovered the most easily if that makes, if easily is a word, um, because the logic is this, yeah, YouTube is a granddaddy, but not granddaddy in terms of it's old and, and antiquated down. No, it's, 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 it's like a godfather of all these platforms. And if you want to make it somewhere, YouTube is the one that is the most virtuous. It's the one that people are going to take most seriously. If someone says, oh, I've got 10,000 followers on TikTok, like, oh, that's impressive. If you said you've got 10,000 on YouTube, that's extremely impressive. Um TikTok I think have got over 200,000 followers now. Um yeah. and it 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 grants you visibility. If you if you I don't know. If you're an avid bird watcher and you create a bird watching video on YouTube, there might be a hundred thousand people that would love to watch your stuff and would go crazy for it. It's not gonna go to them. They just won't know that it exists. It's not that people don't like it. It's just that the people that could be like, could be interested, wouldn't find it. And it's the same for me on YouTube. I think I've got 3000 followers. I've got no doubt that there are way more students out there that could subscribe. It's just not coming on their feed. Whereas TikTok, they've got a very complex algorithm and they will send your stuff to the right people. So I don't, so in a nutshell, you know, someone my age and your age, someone in their 50s, someone that loves tennis, someone that loves golf, they'll all see my stuff. You might be mildly interested because you're interested in science. So you might watch for a few seconds, but then you swipe. So stuff like that, you won't really see again. Kids that are 6, 15, 16, they'll go, oh, what's this? And it it will hold their attention for maybe 5, 10 seconds. The algorithm will go, oh, okay, 15, 60-year-olds, this holds their attention. Let's chuck this to another 1,000 of them. It holds their attention. Okay, let's chuck it to another 10,000, and then it will propagate. Whereas YouTube and 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 Instagram, they work on slightly different principles. So people can blow up on TikTok overnight in a way that you will not be able to do on the others.
0: Right. Okay. So you've got um, that's a great explanation because it's interesting. You, you talk about because when you look at the the platforms themselves, and you look at you know YouTube, and it does curate good relevant material for you know my you know my or my interest if it's my account or whatever, or you know my kids' account if they're you know watching X Y Z. Um, but the sophistication you think of, or TikTok is making it a bit more, um, as you say, collecting that attention better or more effectively, and you say growing it a bit like a uh, like nuclear fission, I suppose, kind of, um, you know, firing out. If I can use a science analogy,
1: yeah, yeah, it probably it propagates, and the actual paradigm of how it works is very different. I go to you go to your YouTube, I go to my YouTube, and it's a static, fairly static page. I might see, yeah. oh, there's tech, there's some science there's Marvel movies. I'm revealing too much about me here. Um, but that, that's there. Whereas on TikTok, it's just as a video playing someone kicking a dust. I'm just making stuff up. Someone's kicking a dustbin. I don't care. Someone's speaking in French. I can't understand And I'm swiping, yes. but it's, 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 it's taking this information as you do it and learning what you're lingering on. You don't even have to like it. You don't have to comment on it, but it, it knows how long you're looking at it. Uh, and it'll, it takes the information, um, and YouTube doesn't work that way it's 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 obviously youtube is a very complex algorithm and knows what it's doing because it, on your page on my page it's got stuff that i like um, and they do not want to mess that up they don't want to be putting stuff up they don't want me to be appearing on someone in their mid 50s that only doesn't cares about literature doesn't care about science that's going to be a downgraded experience for them um, but on tiktok you can afford to get a few people in there you might not be interested in because people will just swipe but people will get annoyed if they see loads of stuff they don't care about,
0: yeah, no, it, it does seem to be because I've only started looking at recently, um, and it's as you say, it does in a sense show you maybe five, six videos that you think are not, are not interesting to you, uh, until in a sense maybe one of them you was interesting to you, even though you didn't realise it. You saw to see on I me, and so YouTube in a sense is slightly different because it obviously gives you your n- normal topics of interest, whereas I think uh, TikTok frozen a few curveballs just by chance, and okay, maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe I was fascinated by uh, how the Dyson works and I didn't realise it. And I ended up watching, you know, three videos on it, uh, or whatever it might be, I guess.
1: That's that's right. That's right. Um, I think I was watching a Gary V video the other day. He was talking about the difference on Instagram and YouTube versus TikTok. And it was saying, you know, Instagram, is, uh, TikTok is, I think it said, interest driven. So it will work out your interests and force them like onto you. I can't remember what he said about the others too, but that's, I sort of agreed with that. Um, and the strategies, you know, I've been trying to use this knowledge to make videos that 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 people watch, and it's it's it's, it's been working. It's a bit hit and miss. Some videos get millions, some get ten thousand. Um, yeah. But I think that's how it will always be with TikTok.
0: So your videos themselves are they aimed at a particular? Do you have like a a particular student in mind? Are they? um very high level or are they more about getting the basics right in science and trying to get some of the keywords lots of language in science that students find very difficult it's kind of tier three words they call them you know about technical words that you wouldn't use in everyday conversations with people and therefore they're harder to remember so do you do you think about that in terms of your rap are you trying to just get those simple ideas across and then they can build on that so then maybe try some questions on it um afterwards is there a particular philosophy behind what, what you're presenting
1: yeah, it's 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 pretty clear cut. You might be a grade four or five student, um, okay. And the and the logic is, you probably don't get that topic at all. So that's okay. If you're a grade eight or nine student, let's say, it, it's not that my topic my videos aren't for you. That you just might not necessarily gain anything more than entertainment and help you remember a few things. It might consolidate what well, you know already. So they're not designed for someone that's absolutely high-flying. Oh, Matt Green's new video, I have to watch that because that will enhance my, you definitely watch it, uh, and it might help cement a few of the keywords you know already, so you won't forget them as easily, but it's not, it's not designed to, to help you fly even further. If you're a student that, I don't know, I don't know, you've just had a lesson on uh, genetics let's say you're in year 10 you've had a genetics lesson uh, phenotypes, alleles, genotypes, eye colour da, da, da. and you're like what on earth is going on, I know I look like my dad and my mum and I've heard DNA, why are these what wo- I don't get it what are these words chucking in there and the idea is I've got to, it's got to be a beat that they like, it's got to have a good flow and good sounding voice on my part and then the crafting of the lyrics and the story have to pull them in and then it has to make sense, has to make crystal clear sense. So if they memorize the words, uh, not only can they go into the exams and improve, but if they're hearing it first time, there's no, sorry, genotype, what's good, that that can't be an issue. So sometimes I write something that sounds amazing and then I scrap it uh, because I think it might sound great. But if I'm being very brutally honest with myself, if I was 15 and didn't get this topic and I heard that, oh, that sounds really good. It doesn't matter if it sounds good. It has to be. This is the DNA. you find it in the nucleus. The nucleus is in the cell. It's going to literally be said as I'm speaking now. It just happens it has to happen to rhyme and flow perfectly. but it, it, if I was planning a lesson, it would you know it would still be a lesson that's taken took to, to hours to plan because every word I say has to make crystal clear sense. It's just made much more difficult having to rhyme things.
0: And do you um, record them, have you got like, do you record them from home, as it were, and you kind of do all the other digital stuff around that in terms of looking like you're like a teacher on the board? Or do you, do you go in, you know, where do you, I guess some of you must have recorded when you're still a teacher, did you? Or
1: At the, be- at the beginning, I, I had a guy called James, I worked with James Felix, and um, he, was the, he was the technician there. And um, I, I hope you didn't mind me, me, me utilising the services, but he kindly filmed for me at, at work. Um, and that would work well. And then I think I was scared at the beginning. I was thinking, is it going to? Is this tactic going to work at home? Because the logic was, I've got 0.2 seconds to grab a kid's attention and have them believe that I'm a teacher. I say believe like it wasn't the case, but they have to just understand that I'm in a teacher in a school instantly, and I'm a teacher in a school about to rap. And you have to that knowledge has to be transmitted very, very quickly. So I wanted the background of of the school but it's a bit messy with the background of the school so then I eventually went to my kitchen which is a newly extended building and it's just all white and I thought as long as I dress like a teacher will this work and it did and my most popular videos have just been on a complete white white wall um, because there's no noise it's just I point to something uh, and it can be on the wall if you can see the outline of a class room and all these other things the noise I think is a visual distraction um, and I don't think I've had a video in the classroom hit a million It's only been when I've been at home.
0: Okay. So, and then you put the visuals in afterwards. So you kind of wrap in front of the white wall wall, and then you have, you know, you're pointing to whatever, whatever and then you put the other bits in.
1: That's it. That's it. So I have to do a little bit of rehearsal where, sort of like weatherman-esque, I have to work out where I'm going to be pointing, which bits are going to be relevant. So in the early days, I think almost every hand gesture, yeah, every hand gesture was was carefully, they weren't (laughs) random. There wasn't just I'm wrapping and pointing randomly. It was literally starting with the plug. This is what's required. This is where every single hand gesture was deliberate and decided. Do I need to point to that? Is that more distracting? Is it less distracting? Is that actually useful? Um, and then I'd have to, okay, yeah. And it's like one thing learning the words, which is quite difficult. I'm surprisingly actually not good at remembering words. I can write them and then and wrap yeah. them just off a script, but I can't memorize them very well. And then having to do it in point is a whole other ballgame. <laughs>
0: I know. So you don't use an Auto Cue for your rap. So I know on an iPad suit and things like that, you can you can get Auto Cue programs and all that. But do you, do you find it just better to learn it and then learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it, and then you know it?
1: It has to. It has to be. You can't. As far as I'm concerned, I couldn't use Auto Cue. When I go to a studio to record, uh, I would have rehearsed a rap maybe fifty times, and then I'm I hold the phone, um, and then I read, I read off the, off the paper if that makes sense. So I'm just literally da 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 da. da. But when you're recording. You can't have that because, you know, like me and you were talking now, if I was like, um, I'm, you can see that I'm sort of reading from something and it, it just it just doesn't work. It's not as engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's no, interesting. And uh, you said earlier about the kind of, you know, the engagement is so quick as in you need to be engaging within like 0.2 seconds. Yeah. So do you yeah. generally have interest? Do you have the kind of the, the intro music first, you don't say anything, or do you go straight in with the first, you know, Moles or meiosis or whatever it is. Do you do you wait a little, that that 0.5 seconds or 0.2 seconds? Uh, wait for the beats to come in and then go.
1: In my in my heart, I, I'm convinced my original idea of of having a little bit of a delay um, to get uh, anticipation. I think it should work, but it just never has. So the first video I ever did um, that popped off. No, no, they didn't. I was like, I've got it. I've been watching TikTok. I understand the things I used to to to, to to see was this man here is about to jump in the pool. So it'd just be me standing here, wait for it. And I just, I would watch it because you see them <laughs> at the edge of a pool and a diving board and say, watch what he's going to do. And that would hold people's attention. So it'd get millions of likes. And then, and then the, the, uh, the payoff has to be there. So if it says, watch what this guy does, and then it loops back to the beginning, it will get millions of views, but people aren't going to like it. They're just going to comment. what a waste of time. you get likes when the payoff Sort of it adds up. So I thought I've got an idea. My first video, I'll be teaching a student. The student will understand. I'll say, I've got a different way I can explain it. And it was it said sort of wait to see what this teacher does next. Thousand views. um And, and then I then I, I cut loads of it. When it just went straight to the I don't understand. Sir, all right, let me explain in a different way. About five seconds, and that got sixty. Sixty few thousand views. So that's probably the longest intro I had. And I've had loads of ideas. Uh, Even when I was teaching the moles, I was trying to be a disheveled teacher in front of a class. The kids weren't listening to me. And I'm like, everyone, can you listen, please? And I thought that that would work like 10 views, release again with a bit cut. First thing first, I'm explaining the term and, and it works. The only one that had a teeny bit of a delay was when I looked, I tried to make myself look as pathetic as possible. Uh, and like a complete loser, teacher that was going to completely embarrass himself. Um, and that worked, yeah. but that was only one second. So I was just like, um, uh, literally I said, um, for about two seconds, enough to look like if you were swiping, you think well, what's this guy going to do? It's going to embarrass. Him. And then when I <laughs> punch the screen, my outfit changes and I look like I'm composed okay. and I know what I'm doing. And that got half a million, but I, every now and again, oh, I flip flap yeah. and I, I tried, yeah, I tried to do something that has a little bit of an intro, but that failed for me. It never works. I've seen other people. There's a, a rapping teacher that's got 10 million views for something. And he's done the same thing that I thought. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going to rap a really fast beat. Are you ready? It's about 12 seconds before anything happens. But it's the anticipation.
0: Yeah, I know. It's um, it, it sounds like you're kind of really applying the scientific method to your kind of social media and thinking about, you know, yeah, what can yeah. I change? What can I keep the same? And uh, uh, really exactly embracing, it. you know, the science, the science teacher well, a scientific method, I guess, rather than a science teacher. That's, so it must be a fascinating project in a sense. Trying to, must be frustrating as well, of course, trying to work out what is what is the best strategy. And as you say, sometimes, I guess, uh, it's surprising. So, some videos, I guess, you make and you think, oh, this is going to be amazing, I assume. And others, you think, are pretty bog, bog standard or average. And they maybe have, which, which videos surprised you in terms of you thought it was an okay video, wasn't, you know, wasn't your best, maybe, in your eyes. That did much better than you expected. Is there one particular that kind of um, you know comes to mind?
1: Probably my my very simple ones I do that aren't raps. Um, okay. Because every rap I do, I pour my heart and soul into it, and I think I've I've only ever done one rap that I wasn't proud of, um, and that did as well as I expected. It it didn't shock me. I kind of thought what you were saying. I kind of thought if I hit a million, I'd be like, why? I just it was not a good job with that one. Um, But every rap I put out, I I, I genuinely tend to think that it's the best thing ever. It's a good one. And I, yeah, and was like, I always think they're going to, and I think you have to have that mentality because I think if, if I, if if I do anything less than what I think is amazing, I think it's probably going to flop, but no, the raps that I've done very well, basically I've, I've expected all of them to do well, but I have none, I have raps that I've done painfully badly. Um, and to this day, I don't know why uh so i just re-released them again and sometimes they really they really absolutely pop off but i've got vertical videos of me doing for any science teacher watching they'd probably be like why has this got thousands of views and i'd get the algorithm so i do understand but you see me doing my crazy rap stuff and some of my crazy rap videos i think i've done one that i i genuinely think it's probably the best one i've ever done um I don't know if you, if, you, if you listen to rap much, but there's Mob Deep from the early 90s, mid-noughties. Okay. They've, got, they've got a track called Shook Ones. And it's in the Eminem song, Eight Mile. And I crafted that song for so long. I made, a, made it into a story. Um, and it got like 20,000 views. And I was like, it's going to be the first to hit 10 million. It's going to hit 10 million. It got 20,000 views. Yeah. And then another video I made the next day, I think wearing pretty much the same clothes I'm wearing now in the same place. I said, how are you supposed to remember this? 100,000 views. And I'm like, I'm happy it got 100,000 views. But that literally took 13 minutes to to write, film, create and release. Whereas the other one, about 15 hours. Uh, and the usefulness of the 15-hour production is massively useful. You, you, you teach, I was teaching kids yeah. homeostasis. Uh, whereas the other one was just some something very simple. But anyway, it's life. What can you do?
0: Well, I guess there's, uh, I mean, what is the challenges? I was thinking that when you are talking about scientific words, are there any kind of c- concepts that are quite difficult to find things? I know rap doesn't always have to rhyme necessarily, but are there any difficult words that are a bit clunky and a bit difficult to fit into a kind of a, an, uh, a rap narrative? Is there any that's going kind to of spring
1: to mind? No, there's always a way. That's the funnest part. That's the there's most fun way. part. There's always, way. There, there's always a way. I think at the very, at the beginning, at the beginning, I almost limited myself by trying to make the scientific keyword the crunch of the rhyming word at the end. So, I don't know if I'm uh, I'm looking at proton, I might think there are three things, there's neutron, electron, and proton. Um, To be fair, that'd be quite easy to find something to rhyme. Uh, Like, if I rhyme electron, I might say, think you've had a good teacher, you ain't met one, something like that, if I was trying to rhyme something electron, but other words, if they're clunky, like photosynthesis or mitochondria, you can put it somewhere else in the sentence and make the, the rhyming word something really simple. So I think in one of my early songs, I was like, I'll make this a storybook for my scrub look, and plus, I think mitochondria, energy release happens here. So it's kind of straining the rhyming word, but mitochondria, you're never gonna find anything that, that works, it doesn't fit on a beat very well, but if you break it down, mitochondria, you can end. okay. You can rap something with Drea much easier than the whole world. Um, so yeah, that, but that's why I, that's that's the part I, I enjoy doing. I enjoy getting the keywords and thinking, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna map this? How am I gonna break it down to to make it fit perfectly? Because I don't do shoddy writing. It has to has to flow literally snap to the beat perfectly.
0: Thinking about because you talked about earlier about which uh, you got a tutoring business as well as as, as your 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 uh, your rapping as well. How does that kind of? How do you kind of decide how to divide your time? Because I guess both take a lot of time, a lot of your time. Um, and did you did the rapping come before you decided to get in, go into the tutoring world, or um, was it kind of alongside at the same time? Um, tell us about how you kind of moved in that direction after you've been after a science teacher for a few years, I guess.
1: So so no, the the, the business definitely. The business is my baby. It's, it's my bread and butter. I wouldn't I wouldn't have an office, I wouldn't have a house, I wouldn't have anything if I didn't have that. Um, and, you know that pays the bills. I got I got three kids at home, and um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, t- teaching wise, you know, it's okay. Teaching payment wise was you know great when I was you know living on my mum's and and didn't have any expenses. But you know, when you got mortgages and cars and and, and, and mouse to feed, suddenly you realise teaching salary doesn't actually go that far. Um, so, you know, I always wanted to have my own thing. So the business I started five years ago. Uh, I think I broke my back to get it started. Um, and then after about a year, it started rolling. I think I gave myself after the first year of barely getting anywhere. I thought I'm going to cut the gym out. I'm going to wake up every day at four fifteen, um, and I'm going to I'm going to start to get myself out of having to work for someone else, um, and that worked. So after year one, I went from five days a week and ahead of ahead of chemistry to three days a week and ahead of chemistry. And I thought with the extra time I've now gained, let me just let me step on the gas again with the extra time. Um, and then after that's alongside COVID happening, um, and then I, I think my school wanted to hire someone else to, to teach sixth form. And I, I think I said, I, you know, I love the school, but I can only do that if you relinquish my head of chemistry and, um, and drop me a day, um, which is the ticket I needed because when I was on my final year doing two days a week, that's when, that's when the business skyrocketed because... COVID had happened in in February. Our business went from 70 lessons a week to 50 overnight because we lost all our kids that were doing exams. Um, But that's when I sort of smashed on the gas. And I think since then, we've gone from 70 to 300. And I think we had maybe 25 tutors, then we've got 70 now. So it's it's been moving. And, And the wrapping, you know, I never, I genuinely didn't think it was going to take off the way that it did. And I didn't think it was going to become a split from the business. At the beginning, it sort of, they, 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 it was one, but then I realized actually, JAM is for parents. Uh, they're the bill payer, and the rapping science teacher is for kids. It will always be for kids, and it will always be free. And that makes this money through yeah. shows and advertising. But for kids that have, have got no money or or no resources to, to to get the best education, that will be free for them. The business will always provide for fee paying parents. There's loads of people out there. There's Elon Musk. There's there's Richard Branson. You know, I look up to those guys in terms of the fact that they. They put their face out there, and they carry the brand with their face. There are other people that don't necessarily do that. But I I'm, I'm happy to. That's why I'm all my handles. this Matt Green J J M. Um, you know the, the wrapping thing, and it all comes together as one. But you know, I always talk, I talk about both. But um, yeah, that's J J M is J J M is everything. If I had to pack in one, it would be it would be the wrapping. But um, you know, they've got some crazy opportunities that are coming at the moment for that. So that's not going anywhere. <laughs>
0: so um in terms and i guess you i guess you these to do it. because of the power of the internet and obviously technology has improved maybe obviously accelerated by the pandemic that um and kids have got used to in a sense you know learning learning online and um obviously you have the tutor model usually where like tutor would come around your house or or or, or vice versa but now kids are so you know they're naturally they're naturally born with screens in their hands uh, in their hands virtually aren't they so i guess that there there's you know to scale that business is a lot easier these days than it would have been. It would have been very geographical specific, but I guess you're covering props across the whole country, maybe internationally, I guess now.
1: Yeah, that, that that's it. That's it. I had one failed business before this one. And, you know, it's probably mainly due to a poor partnership. It would, that was, we used to do that physically. Um, so we'd have tutors and it would go to locations. But when that broke down, um, and I had to regroup and decide, you know, how am I going to start this again? What am I going to do? I thought, let's just do this only online because online is, is now good enough to be you know, great lessons. And it means when I get great teachers, I'm not struggling to get a few good teachers in North London and then we get a client in South London. It's just, no, we've got six great teachers. Anyone in the UK calls, we can match them up. Um, and it was a Wolf of Wall Street style slog at the beginning. I think I was pitching 30 people a day at some points and most people would say no, because online doesn't work. Um, and that, that you know, my job was to was to convince people just to give it a go. And I'd always get the same thing. People would say no. They'd come back. I, I'd try them again. I wouldn't rest up. And then they'd book it. And they'd be like, why didn't you tell me to go the first time? And I'm like, I told you. <laughs> you said it didn't work. And I said give it a go. It will work. And then when COVID hit, that was a crazy time. I think I had like 50 to maybe 100 of, 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 of moms and dads that said No. Uh, back, do you still do you still have your online business? Do you still have? You? And I'm like we're still here, we're still here, and um, and uh, and yeah, it was just lucky that I was had had it started when I did.
0: Yeah, that's great. So it's um, nice nice to hear a success story, and uh, you've obviously worked very hard to get there, and uh, a lot of sacrifices, I'm sure, along the way in terms of in terms of your time and uh, your energies. So it's nice to hear it's going really well. Um, what uh, in terms of? I um, know we haven't got much time left now. Uh, conscious of your time have you got any kind of because i've seen things on social media you do a few live gigs is that right you do some live stuff with your rapping is that is that the case you do anything think right. over the next 12 months 2022 2023
1: what have you got in the diary i've got one school that i'm going to be going to next term booked i've got another school that is inquiring i said i was possibly going to do up to 10 schools next term but it depends yeah it depends what's happening um because i've had a few tv inquiries recently um i've done a few things that d- d- depends where they go i'm not sure where, where if they're going to go anywhere i touch touched with that they do go somewhere um but but we'll see because my time might be might, might get a little bit um bit more difficult to manage when it comes to september but if i do book a school obviously I'll, I'll honor any bookings made but yeah i'm always happy to go out and, uh, before
0: oh brilliant and um where can people find you in terms of where the best place places to see Uh, the wrapping, I guess, uh, the ones we've mentioned already, I mean, where do you you like to where do you usually send people in terms of your content?
1: I always TikTok I think TikTok's got my best or easily easy to find stuff, so I've got like 90 videos on TikTok, so TikTok is Matt Green JGM, and I'm I'm, I think I just joined Twitter the other day, so I think I'm on everything now, Facebook Instagram, Twitter um, LinkedIn under Matt Green JGM and I think people can find me fairly easily on those
0: Okay, so easy easy to find. Well, it's been really great and lovely to talk to you, Matt, because it's an inspiring story, interesting story. And it's great to hear someone doing something a bit different in the kind of science education space and, you know, helping students to get better at their science. So thank you very much for joining me this afternoon on View From The Lab. That's a
1: pleasure. Much appreciated having
0: me. Well, there you have it, another episode done. I really enjoy talking to Matt and hearing about his journey from science teacher to rap educator and starting his own successful business. I hope you were inspired too and you have time to check out and perhaps share with your students' his innovative content. Do you know anybody who we should be talking to on the podcast who are also inspiring students in your school? Please get in touch and email me to andy.woods at pearson.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one.